Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Timothy and Jessica Griffith faced a difficult decision. Jessica, age 43, was sick. Something was wrong. She had headaches and was experiencing unusual pain in her body. Her symptoms led her to believe that she had ovarian cancer. Based on the information she told her husband, Timothy, her disease was terminal. There was no way for her to survive. And now the couple faced some difficult decisions. How would they tell their two children, Samantha and Alexander? How would they face the medical treatments, the cost, and the final few months of Jessica's life? To make matters worse, their marriage had hit a rough patch. Timothy had recently been transferred by his employer, Nestle, and the adjustments to a new home in a new nation were proving difficult. So Timothy and Jessica decided it would be best for the entire family if they simply ended things at once. Based on the information they had and the bitterness in their hearts, they agreed to call it quits. And that's what they did. In November 2017, Timothy and Jessica gave their two children poison to drink. Jessica drank the poison as well. Then Timothy shot his wife and two children and killed himself. When the police found the bodies, they also found the text messages between Timothy and Jessica detailing out their plot to kill their family. But that's not all they found. When an autopsy was performed on Jessica, they discovered that she did not have ovarian cancer after all. In fact, there was nothing wrong with her. The Griffiths had made a very bad decision. Wrong information combined with a wrong motivation had led to a very wrong decision. And four people are dead because the Griffith family didn't know what to do when they faced a difficult decision. Do you know what to do when you're facing a difficult decision? Fortunately, God has the answer for every one of us today. No matter how difficult the decisions you face may be, God can guide you to make the right and the best choice. If you'll look to him, he will always guide you to the right outcome. That's the message in our sermon today. We're going to discover the most powerful keys to making the best decisions. But before we learn more, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for your word which comes to shine a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. We thank you that your word is truth that can lead us even in the face of the most difficult decisions. So now we come to submit to you and by the power of the name of Jesus, I resist every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to enlighten our minds, the power to give us grace in our hearts, the power to guide our feet into your perfect plan for our lives. We thank you, Lord, that at the end of the day, your name will be glorified and our lives will be transformed. We believe this by faith and we thank you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to encourage you to join your faith with mine right now. Would you put your hand on your chest and just say after me, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart, change my life, manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this broadcast. It's great to have you here with me today. You picked a great day to join in, as today we're coming to the conclusion of our sermon series titled, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. Now, if you happen to miss any of the previous four sermons in this series, I encourage you to go back and watch the past messages. You see, each one of the sermons in this series builds on the previous ones. So when you listen to all of the sermons, you'll come out stronger and wiser and you'll know what to do in life. And while you're on our pages, don't forget to download the sermon notes and the daily devotional for each message. You'll find those in the notes section of my Facebook page and on our church website. Well, our scripture text for today is found in the book of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. These verses are on your sermon notes and they will appear on your screen as well. But I believe God's word has the most impact when it's in our hearts and on our lips. So I invite you to read God's word together with me out loud right now. Read it like a Pentecostal radio preacher. Read it like you mean it. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Go, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. These are two of my favorite verses in the Bible. They've been a source of strength and assurance for me since I was a child. And in these two simple verses, you can obtain all you need to know about what to do when you face a difficult decision. So today, from these passages, let me share with you three steps to making the right decision. And here's your first step today. Get the right information. The first step you need to take when facing a difficult decision is to get the right information. We learned that from the story of Jessica Griffith. Wrong information led her to a wrong decision. And I'm sure if you think about it, you'll realize that sometimes the reason you made bad decisions is because you had bad information. Maybe you believed something to be true, but it wasn't true. Or you had part of the truth, but not the whole truth. And had you known the whole truth, you would have chosen differently. I remember one time years ago when I made a bad decision based on bad information. I was visiting the United States and was scheduled to attend a pastor's conference in Florida. So before the conference began, I made all the arrangements I needed to get to the venue on time. I arranged for my air travel to Florida, I booked a hotel to stay at, and I rented a car to drive to the conference location. I thought for sure I had everything under control. And so on the day that the conference was to begin, I flew to Florida, got my rental car, drove to the hotel, and dressed up to attend the pastor's conference. And when it was time to drive to the conference, I looked up the location, got on Google Maps, and drove to the venue. So imagine my shock and surprise when I drove up to the location and discovered it was locked. There were no cars in the car park, no lights on in the building, and no one at all on site. I was so confused. I, I didn't know what to do. What had gone wrong? Had I missed the meeting? The only thing I could do was go back to my hotel and call the organizers of the conference. And when I spoke to them, I soon realized my mistake. I had the wrong information about the venue for the meeting. And wrong information led to wrong decisions. 
Fortunately for me, I was able to get the right information and drive to the right location. I was late for the first meeting, but the conference was a blessing. And I learned the hard way that the first step to making right decisions is to get the right information. But here's the problem for each and every one of us. None of us have all the right information we need. Even if you could search all over and study for years, you would never be able to get all the right information you need based on your own understanding. Even if you get all the experts in the world to advise you, you won't get all the right information all the time. We've seen that truth with the current coronavirus pandemic. The experts don't agree on the information we need to make decisions. Some experts will tell you you must wear a face mask. And other experts say it's not healthy to wear a face mask. Some experts say we should take hydroxychloroquine to prevent coronavirus. And other experts say that's nonsense. The experts don't agree on the right information. And history has shown us that oftentimes the experts are wrong. For the truth is, no government, no scientist, no doctor has all the right information you and I need. No counselor, no teacher, and no friend can tell you everything you need to know to always make wise decisions. We need someone greater, someone wiser, and someone with more knowledge to help us. That's why our scripture text for today begins like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, the reason why the Bible tells us to trust God and not our own understanding is because God alone has all the answers for your life. You may have some knowledge or some information that you need, but you're not God. And he's the only one who has the information you need to get you where you're supposed to go. That's why Job 28, 23 says, God alone, somebody say alone, God alone understands the way to wisdom. He knows where it can be found. And all the answers you need for life are with God alone. He's the only one who knows the way to wisdom. So no matter how great your education or knowledge, none of us can compare to the knowledge and wisdom of God. That's why Isaiah 40, verses 25 and 28 says, To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. No one can measure the depths of God's understanding. We can't compare God to anyone or anything. All the scientists in the world, all the educators in the world cannot compare with God. God is not in any way like us. He can't be compared to any man. He's not more loving than we are or more wise than we are or more knowledgeable than we are or more powerful than we are. He's on a completely different level. His power and knowledge aren't greater than ours. They can't be compared to ours at all. That's why 2 Samuel 7, 22 says, how great you are, O sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. And you can search the whole world over. You can look all through history and you will never find any God like our great God, Jehovah. No other religion has a God so great, so mighty, so powerful, so loving, so true, so just, and so holy. As Paul said in Romans eleven thirty three to 36, 
Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen and amen. And when we read those verses, we begin to catch a glimpse of who God is. He's the only God. He's the source of all life and power and goodness in the universe. He's the source of all knowledge and truth and information. And he alone is the one we can lean on and trust when we face a difficult decision. And when you realize how great God is, then you will want to run to him for the right information. If you truly know how great our God is, you will know that there is no decision you face that he doesn't have the answer for. There's no problem he can't solve. There's no fork in the road that God doesn't know which way to turn. So why would you make any decision, big or small in your life, without consulting God? For you see, not only does God have all wisdom and knowledge, he knows everything about you as well. That's why Psalm 139 verses 1 to 5 and verse 16 says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Lord, you go before me and follow me. God alone has the information you need to direct your life. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Direction doesn't come when you search for direction alone. Direction comes when you search for God alone. For he is all wisdom. And the closer you get to him, the closer you get to the wisdom you need to make the right decisions. When you face a difficult decision, you need the right information, and that can only come from God. Once there was a man who was walking home to his village through the forest late at night. It was very dark that night as the clouds had covered the moon and stars, and there were no lights in the forest. He was able to stay on the path because he had a torch. But suddenly the battery in his torch died. He lost the light and he lost his way. It wasn't long before this man had wandered off the path. He lost his way, and without knowing where he was, he came to the side of a very steep mountain. He didn't see the danger ahead, and before he knew what had happened, he accidentally stumbled over the edge of the cliff. Well, the man started falling down the side of the mountain. He was somersaulting and turning over and over. He began to frantically try to grab onto anything he could grab. And finally, thank God, he managed to grab hold of a tree branch and break his fall. And there he was, hanging on the side of the mountain, clutching the branch of a tree. He didn't know how far it was to the ground. He had no one to help him. He couldn't see anything. And so the man cried out, God, God, please help me. And God answered back to the man and said, let go of the branch. And the man said, what? God, what did you say? And God said, I said, let go of the tree branch. 
And the man said, God, but if I let go, I will fall. You want to kill me? Oh, hey. Well, the man thought about it for a minute. And then he said, is there anybody else up there? The man was hanging on for dear life. He didn't want to let go and fall to his death. But the longer he held on, the weaker he got. His fingers started losing their grip. He tried to hold on, but he couldn't do it any longer. And finally, the man lost his grip on the tree. He fell. He fell about six inches and his feet hit the ground. For you see, God knew that this man was just slightly above the ground. God knew what the man didn't know. He knew that the man could let go and be safe. And the same is true in your life. God knows what you don't know. God sees what you don't see. And you can trust him that when he gives you direction, it is always the best decision for your life. That's why we all need God. You need God. You can't make it to the right destination without him. Even if you're the wisest man in the world, you still need God. That's what we learned from King Solomon, the man who wrote our scripture text for today. If ever there was a man who could have trusted in his own wisdom and intelligence, it was King Solomon. Listen to his story in 1 Kings 3, 11 and 12. God said to Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. Listen carefully. God said, I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. Solomon had all wisdom. He was wiser than any man that had lived. He was wiser than any man that has lived or will live. He was wise beyond any other person. Yet he's the one who wrote today, don't lean on your own understanding. And in another passage found in Proverbs 28, 26, Solomon wrote, those who trust in their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. So understand that Solomon had more wisdom than any of us put together. He had more wisdom than you or I. But he knew not to trust in his own wisdom. He knew he needed God. Yet if we're honest, most of us tend to lean on our own understanding when we face a difficult decision. We think we've got it covered. We have it figured out. We know our way around the world, so we rely on ourselves. But the answer is not your information. The answer is God's information. God alone has what you need to get you to your destination. And even all the wisdom of Solomon couldn't help him. You can't lean on your own understanding. You have to trust in God. And that brings us to the second step you need to take when facing a difficult decision. Grow with the right transformation. Listen again to what Proverbs 3 tells us. In all your ways, submit to him. And here Solomon takes us to the next level in decision making. You see, we need the right information and the right information comes from God. He has the answers. But the answers do no good if you don't put them into practice. Information is not enough. You need to act on the fact. You need to Submit to God. For the truth is, you can't get to the right destination when you start with the wrong motivation. Listen to the truth found in Proverbs 2, 7 to 11. God grants a treasure of common sense 
to the honest. He's a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you, and understanding will keep you safe. God promises us the right information when we submit to him. Understand the correlation between being honest and just and faithful to God and having the knowledge you need to make the right choices. He promises to lead you and guide you in your decisions when you walk in his ways. And the fact is you can never get the right information if you don't experience the right transformation. God will not give you the knowledge you lead unless you are committed to him and his ways. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Information plus transformation leads you to the right destination. See, the reason you have to combine information with transformation is this. If you don't humble yourself and get a transformed heart, then knowledge won't help you because eventually pride overrules wisdom. Arrogance blocks out information. That's why our scripture text for today is followed by this verse in Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. God will direct you when you seek him and submit to him, but you have to turn away from pride and humble yourself before God. When you think you know better, you need to stay humble. When you think you know better, you need to submit to God. Because if you allow pride to enter your heart, you're doomed to fail. Information without transformation won't lead you to the right destination. And this is the problem for most of us. Many times we know the truth, but we don't act according to the truth. For example, many people belong to a health club or a gym. We all know it's healthy to go and exercise and work out at the gym. So a lot of people pay for a membership at the gym. But knowing that exercise is good for you doesn't mean you'll practice it. That's why most people who belong to a gym don't even go to a gym. If all the people who belong to a health club or a gym went every day, the place would be packed out and you'd have to wait outside in a queue. But most days you can go and the place is empty. We know that working out is good for us, but we don't do it. Another example of how we know better but don't do better is in the area of finances. We all know we need to save money, yet the savings rate here in Ghana is only 14%, less than the world average. Only 14% of us in Ghana save any money at all. We talk about investment, but 86% of us are spending everything we earn. So information is not enough. There has to be transformation to get you to your destination. You have to practice what you know and believe. You have to experience transformation in your life by submitting to God. You have to have the right knowledge and the right heart. That's why 1 Corinthians 8, 2 and 3 tells us, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone thinks he knows all the answers, he's just showing his ignorance. But the person who truly loves God is the one who is open to God's knowledge. In other words, you have to be transformed in heart in order to be open to receive divine information. 
So here's the truth you need to put on your keychain and carry along with you. To get to the right destination, a humble heart is more important than a clever mind. This is true in every aspect of life, but especially in matters of faith. Today, many people have knowledge of God's ways, but they don't obey God's ways. They listen to the truth, and yet they don't follow the truth. And Jesus faced the same issue in his days on earth. He rebuked the Pharisees because they knew better, but did not do better. Listen to what he said in Matthew 23, 2 and 3. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees don't practice what they teach. After all, the Pharisees knew all about God's law. They could quote the scriptures and tell everyone what to do, but the Pharisees didn't do what they knew. They went their own way. They had stubborn hearts. They never experienced transformation from God, and so they missed the right destination. That's why in Matthew 5.20, Jesus said, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to have more than information about righteous living. You have to be transformed into a righteous person. That's why Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, submit to God. Not some of your ways, not in the ways that are convenient, but in all your ways. Today, we like to pick and choose the things we submit to God. We pick and choose the decisions uh, we consult God about. We give God things over which we have no control, but we all like to keep under our own authority the things we think we can control. For example, we look to God for our salvation because there's nothing I can do to save myself. We look to God for protection when we're flying on an airplane because there's nothing I can do to protect myself at 35,000 feet in the air. We look to God to heal us when we're sick because I can't cure myself. But when it comes to things we think we can control, we don't submit to God and we don't consult God. Lord, I've got my business in hand, so I'll just handle that on my own and use my own wisdom and experience with my finance. Or, Lord, I know a lot about women, so I'll just handle my marriage on my own and follow my instincts to make it work out. Or, Lord, I'm pretty good at math, so I'll just take care of the money in my life and I'll calculate how to get rich on my own. But when you submit to God in all your ways, you make God's ways your way. You make his law your law. And when you submit to God in all your ways, he promises to keep you on the right path. That's what the Bible tells us in Psalm 37, 31. They have made God's law their own, so they will never slip from his path. And I can guarantee you today, if you make God's way your way and God's law your law, you will never slip. You will stay on the right path when God's law becomes your law. When you submit to him in all your ways, then everything about your life will revolve around God. And when you accept that fact, you'll realize that you are not the center of the universe. You will get off the throne of your life and let God become the Lord of all. You'll experience a Copernican revolution. What's a Copernican revolution? Well, way back in 1543, there was a scientist and mathematician named Nicholas Copernicus. He lived in a time when everyone on earth believed that the earth was the center of the universe. 
all the scientists and astronomers looked up at the sky and said, the sun revolves around us. We, on earth, are the center of everything that exists. And it's not really surprising that men felt that way. After all, at that time, man had never traveled into space. Man was limited in his knowledge. And most of all, man has always been self-centered. So it's understandable that man thought he was the center of everything that existed. But Copernicus began to study the skies and the movement of the earth, and he came to a different conclusion. Copernicus discovered that the earth actually revolves around the sun and not vice versa. The earth is not the center of the universe after all. And so in 1543, he wrote a book that revolutionized the world's thinking. As others studied his findings, they came to the same conclusion— The earth revolves around the sun. And suddenly, scientists realized that the earth was not the center of the universe as they had thought. It was a change in thinking so dramatic, it is called to this day the Copernican Revolution. And the Copernican Revolution is still happening in our world today. For you see, any time a man realizes that the world does not revolve around him, he experiences his own personal Copernican Revolution. My own Copernican Revolution came when I was 17 years old. I believed in God, and I wanted God in my life, but I wanted Jesus on my terms. I wanted to keep him in my back pocket so I could pull him out whenever I needed him. If I was in trouble, or I had a big exam at school, or I wasn't feeling well, then I could pull Jesus out of my pocket, get what I needed, and put him back. But when my friends were around, or I wanted to party, I tried my best to keep Jesus hidden from view. I wanted him in my life, but I only wanted him when it was convenient. I was not following Jesus. I wanted Jesus to follow me. I'd bought into the gospel, but I had not sold out to the gospel. And my Copernican revolution came when I had a crisis and I had to make a decision. Would I follow the Lord and submit to him in all my ways? And see, Jesus told me plainly then what he's telling you today. It's all or nothing. Jesus doesn't follow you. He demands that you follow him. And to follow him means you have to go all in. You have to love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that's what I did. I went all in. I decided to follow him. I stopped leaning on my own understanding. I started submitting to God in all my ways, and he started directing my path. But what about you? Have you had a personal Copernican revolution? Has Jesus become the center of your life? Are you revolving around him, or do you still think God exists for you? Are you following Jesus? Or do you simply want Jesus to follow you? Because if you want God to guide you and you want to make the right decisions and you want to reach the right destination, you have to follow Jesus. You have to get his information and submit to his transformation and let him lead you to the right destination. So let me ask you some questions today. Which areas of your life are you failing to submit to God right now? Have you submitted to God in all your ways, in your marriage, in your career, in your finances, in your future? 
if you'll submit to God, he will bring you to the right destination. That's why Psalm 25:10 says, the Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. And that brings us to the third step to take when you face a difficult decision. Let God guide you to the right destination. Our scripture text for today comes to this conclusion in verse 6. And he will direct your paths. In other words, God promises to guide you. When you gain the right information from God and submit your decisions to God, then you are assured of the right direction from God. That's why Psalm 37:23 says, "The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives." And every detail of your life is in God's view. He's concerned about every detail, every decision, and you can trust in him. He won't let you out of his care. When you seek him and his word and are committed to obey his word, then you will have the right direction. He's promised and he will not fail you. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of my friend, Mark. Many years ago, when Mark was a young man, he was searching for work. God was kind to Mark, and he received two job offers. Both of them were good, but the first one seemed better than the other. The first job offer paid well and had benefits that looked really good. The second job offer was for a decent job, but it was less attractive than the first. This job had a lower salary, and you could only earn more by commission. If you made a lot of sales, you'd earn more, but it was hard work. It seemed like a simple choice. Take the job that paid more. But Mark decided he didn't want to lean on his own understanding. He was submitted to God in all his ways. So Mark went to his pastor for prayer and direction about which job to choose. And when his pastor prayed, the Holy Spirit spoke clearly that Mark should reject the first offer and accept the second one. He was turned down the job that looked better and take the job that didn't look as attractive. It didn't make any sense. It didn't seem reasonable. But Mark didn't lean on reason. He leaned on God. So Mark obeyed and God blessed. You see, later on, the company that had made him the first offer that looked better went out of business. Had Mark taken that job, he would have been out of a job. And God blessed Mark in the second job, the position he accepted. He made a lot of sales. He made a lot of money. And looking back now, he knows that God knows best. And that's what God will do for you. If you will take every decision you face to him and submit to his will and ways, whether it's reasonable to you or not, he will guide you into the best place and the best destination for your life. God will speak to you. He'll give you direction in his word. For Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And every child of God has a direct word from God through the Bible. When you open the Bible, you have a better word and a more sure word than you do if you get a word from a prophet. God will speak to you through his word and he'll speak to you through his spirit. For Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep recognize my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
And God is speaking all the time. He's speaking to you. He's talking to you. He's trying to guide you and lead you to the right destination. But you have to stop and listen to him. You have to submit to him and let him lead you. That's why Jesus said in Revelation 2-7, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying. Right now, God is speaking to me that some of you watching this broadcast have lost your way. You look at your life and you know you're not submitted to God. You know you're outside his will. You've taken decisions that you wanted when he told you not to. But I have a message of hope for you today. If you've gotten off track and you've lost your way and today you find yourself going down the wrong road, God says all you need to do is go back to the last place where you knew you were in his will and start from there. Go back to the last decision where you got off track and submit yourself to God once again and he will guide you. And if you're listening today and you know that you've been trusting God, you've submitted to him and you're seeking his direction, he wants to reassure you right now that you are on the right path. He is guiding you. He's leading you. You may not know what comes next. You may face a lot of uncertainty, but God has you in the palm of his hand and he will bring you safely home to the right destination when you follow him. For the fact is, God's information plus your transformation will always lead you to the right destination. Seek God. Don't lean on your own understanding. Submit to God. In all your ways, submit to Him, and you will have success in life. You'll come to the right destination as God leads you to make the right decisions. And that's what to do when you face a difficult decision. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you that we can trust in you right now to lead us when we seek you and submit to you. I pray for each and every one who's listening or watching today who's gotten off track. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit will come and convict them. I pray your Holy Spirit will come and draw them back to the place where they left your path. Let them come and submit to you once again. Father, bring them back and show them the next step you want them to take. I pray for everyone today, everyone who's facing a difficult decision, as we come to you and seek you and submit to you, Lord, guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Direct our footsteps. Give us a word from your Holy Word to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I loose and release spiritual knowledge and wisdom, understanding to your people. I pray you'll open our ears and open our hearts and transform us as we yield to you. We surrender to you today. We put you on the throne of our hearts and we ask you to be glorified in us as we follow you to the right destination. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. Amen.